Hello everybody, it's your brother Amado and um, I want to talk to you tonight about sexuality. But we want to do it a little bit different. We want to ask a question. Especially nowadays since we see the Catholic Church coming out with so many secrets. And we see how society as a whole fights for sexual liberty and sexual expression and how sex has become cheaper so we want to speak about rather yeah we want to ask ourselves a question and I, I want you to you know ask yourself the question to us I'm going to ask myself and the question is this why does God take my sexuality so seriously you know after all it's mine but he gave it to us so and you know and you know there's certain sexual actions activities that we can take that after performing them we feel guilty and and we feel like man what have what have I done and you know deep down that it was wrong so that's the question tonight That's the question at this hour. Why does God take my, our sexuality so seriously? We want to touch three points. And here are my three points or three biblical reasons why. Number one, he built it from the ground up. He's the builder, he's the constructor, he's the designer. Number two, Immoral sex offends and destroys. And third, my sexuality is sacred to God. So if you want to hear more, stay in touch and get ready for a moment of impact with your brother Amaro. Here we go. Oh yeah. So what is sexuality? Sexuality is defined as the capacity, the capacity for sexual feelings. Everyone has been given a capacity for sexual feelings or sexual desires. Hollywood companies, they realize that attractive people attract other people. That's why they spend a lot of money searching for beautiful people to display them next to their products so that that sexual capacity that we all have, the sexual feeling that we'll have, may be connected to the product that they are trying to sell us. So sexuality is a power, it is a feeling, it is a desire. And you know, a lot of women who may suffer from low self-esteem may dress 
in a way that is provocative because they want to provoke attention they want to grab attention because that's what they have been taught by the society that we live in sexuality now also refers to a person's sexual orientation or preference there's healthy desires and unhealthy desires healthy preferences and unhealthy preferences and we're going to speak about that so let us go to an encounter that Jesus had with a Samaritan woman in John chapter 4 in this chapter Jesus is going to meet a woman who has been living a life of sexual immorality because of her needs. She's been using the power of her sexuality to sustain herself. So here we have the Lord Jesus connected, engaged in a conversation with this woman and we find her in John chapter 4 by a well called Jacob's well and there Jesus Christ sat because he was tired from the journey and he sat there and he saw the woman come by the well and he said to her woman give me to drink and the woman looked at him amazed that a Jew would speak to her being that she was a Samaritan woman they didn't have any connection and he said you know you have nothing to draw with in other words I don't want to share my container with you and you know that we don't deal we don't we don't treat Jesus answered her and said whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I should give him will never thirst that's verse 13 and 14 from John chapter 4. Jesus Christ tells the woman, Whoever drinks of the water that I, that I will give him will never thirst. But whoever drinks of the water that, from this well will thirst again. But he says, But the water that I should give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So here we have Jesus telling this woman that there is a spring of water that will never allow her to be thirsty again. Now, the woman was coming out to find water because she had a need. She had a need, she had thirst, and she needed to satisfy her thirst. But it's a different kind of thirst. She had a thirst for relationship. She had a thirst for meaning. And Jesus Christ tells her plainly, if you keep drinking this natural water, you're going to come back here and, be, and looking for water again because you will be thirsty. But there's a water that I should give you that it could become in you a fountain of water springing into everlasting life. Notice this water doesn't only satisfy the thirst now, but it satisfies an everlasting thirst. 
by providing everlasting life. She was not living a satisfied life. She was not enjoying a life of satisfaction. The woman, you know, of course, said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. In other words, the woman says, Yeah, I want this. Give it to me. I want to come. I want to I wanna, uh, find this living water. I want to be able to, you know, uh, enjoy a life without thirst. Or, or, that I don't have to come back to this place and put my bucket in, pull the rope, and take it out and drink it, and then fall back in the same thing, back and forth, the same cycle. There's people who keep repeating the same cycle over and over again, and they are living lives of dissatisfaction, life of emptiness, a life void of true happiness. Jesus said to her, listen to what Jesus says to her, verse 16. Jesus says to her, go and call your husband and come here. In other words, I have all these things to give you, but they are conditional. I want to give it to you and to the one that you are united with. So go, call your husband and come here. I want you to come here with your husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband, Jesus said to her. The woman answered and said, I have no husband, in quotation marks. I have no husband. So Jesus says to her, You have said, Well, I have no husband. In other words, you have said the truth. You're not legally bonded, attached, or you're not in a legal relationship with anyone. Verse 18 For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. You're right. You have been sleeping around. And you have been joined with people who have no legitimate claims to you. You are living an illegitimate life. So before I can bless you, we need to fix this illegitimate action that you're doing with your body. Your body is important. Your body is important to Christ because it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, so he tells the woman basically, tell me who you're sleeping with. And the woman confesses and says, I have no husband. I am not in a legitimate relationship with anyone. So what gave Jesus the right to ask for this? In Genesis 2, 7, we find Jesus, the Lord Almighty, creating man. And the Bible says in Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Notice, God formed man of the dust. Man was nothing. Man was just dust on the ground. And God formed us out of that dust, and then he breathed his spirit into our nostrils. He breathed life into our lungs. He breathed life into our vessels. And we, a man, became a living being. There is no life without the spirit of God. There is no consciousness without the spirit of God. Every woman and man that are walking in this world are walking because there is a God.
Genesis 128, he says, be fruitful, multiply. So he, you know, enjoy yourself and sex will bless you and it will multiply you. The Bible says in Genesis 131 that God looked at all that he has made and behold, it was very good. So sex was very good. Sex was, the idea of sex was a very good idea. So, but, but it had conditions. In verse, in Genesis 4.1, And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived. Notice the word knew. He had a relationship with her. He built trust with her. He was one with her. He understood her. He took time to know her. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived. Out of this knowledge, out of this uh, getting to know one another, she became pregnant. It says they were both naked and without shame. They were transparent. They were open. They were they were not shamed. They didn't have any extra baggage. They didn't bring anybody else. They were completely naked before each other. And they didn't have any shame. They had nothing to be embarrassed about. Hebrews 13.4 says, The marriage bed is to be kept pure. Now, that is amazing. Is that... The Lord describes here that the marriage bed is to be kept pure. What is pure? Pure means that is completely unfiltered, that it is clear of anything that can contaminate. It is an uncontaminated bed. Your marriage bed must be uncontaminated. In other words, you cannot let anything of the world contaminate the bed that you share with your wife or your husband it is to be kept pure it is to be kept in honor hebrews 13 4 says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed be kept pure why for god will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral what does the word immoral means not conforming to the accepted standards of morality it is dis, uh, it's dishonest and it's corrupt. Anything that is dishonest and corrupt. So you must not bring any dishonesty to the marriage bed. You cannot bring any corruption to the marriage bed. In other words, you need to be truthful in the marriage bed. It is a union that God blesses. And in the middle of the union, God is involved. God is completely, completely engaged in marriages. And he says, the union that you both have is special. And it must be clear from adultery. And it must be clear from dishonesty. It must be free of sexual immorality. It needs to be far removed from this. And the marriage, and marriage should be honored by all. In other words, everyone around this, this marriage must respect this marriage. It is respected in the physical realm. And it is respected in the spiritual realm the unseen realm genesis 128 says and god blessed them and gave and said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth they were to engage in sexual activity and they were to conceive through this sexual activity see when god makes something there is a result that it's positive when a woman and a man engaged in sex, something beautiful will occur, and that will be a conception 
or they will con or she will conceive a child life is going to be reproduced the same thing that God did in the beginning by creating Adam out of the dust and they creating Eve out of the out of Adam out of Adam's rib now the union of these two is so blessed so powerful so blessed that they are able to recreate what God did in the beginning they are recreating life by this union by this gift that God gave us of sex so number one he built it from the ground up he takes it seriously because he built sex from the ground up so the next thing that we're going to tackle is question number or point number two immoral sex destroys immoral sex destroys so we will talk about that on the next the next time that we meet so I pray that you are blessed I pray that you enjoy this moment and I pray that you continue to listen to moment of impact with your brother Amado and you know what God is good God is awesome and God is great so I'm going to pray for all those marriages right now who are going through a situation where they find themselves in a dishonest contaminated bed living a lie living dishonest and they are f feeling challenging even to the point that their marriage is about to fall apart but I pray in the name of Jesus that the mercy of the Lord may reach you and that his grace may touch you and that you may be delivered from this attack and that you may be set free in the name of Jesus we pray be delivered be renewed and be transformed in Jesus name this is your brother Malo from Moment of Impact Dios te bendiga Tiempo de Impacto